0: Whoa there, hold your horses, pilgrims. Folks in El Paso, Texas, say it all began way out there in 1598 when Spanish settlers sat down with the people of the Piro and Manso tribes, gave thanks, then feasted on roasted duck, geese, and fish. Ha, says a Florida group, asserting that the very, very first Thanksgiving happened in 1565 when the Spanish settlers of San Augustine and friends from the Timuacan tribe chowed down on Cocido. A stew of salt pork, garbanzo beans, and garlic. Washing it all down with red wine. This is Jim Hightower saying, wherever it began and whatever the purest claim is official, Thanksgiving today is as multicultural as America. So let's enjoy. Kick back, give thanks we're in a country with such ethnic richness, and dive into your turkey rellenos, mushu turkey, turkey falafel, barbecue turkey.
1: The views and opinions that are expressed during this program are those of the DJs, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of KNON Radio or Agape Broadcasting Foundation. Here,
2: here we go. Well, Good morning, and welcome to Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Stein, your host, along with Miss Joyce Foreman, School Board Trustee, District Six. We will be co-hosting the show this morning, and we're taking uh Rim taking some needed time off he's enjoying family friends and festivities and we're sitting in until he make it back and you're welcome to call us 972 647 1893 we got a uh, few topics we're gonna talk about this morning but we're not gonna stop you from talking about what you want to talk about uh, a lot going on out there uh, it's raining and uh, a lot of people say the weather is bad but this is good weather we we had a terrible drought this year, so it's time for some good rain to fill up the lakes and the reserves, and you're welcome to call us and join us on 972-647-1893. Ms. Foreman, how are you doing this morning?
1: Oh, good morning. I'm having a great time. Uh, it's a little rough getting out here, but I'm here. real <laughs> rough
2: getting out here, and I understand what real boring that go through for 30-plus years, and... Uh, We just one morning trying to get out here, and he did it for 30-plus years. Rain, sleet, or snow. He got the uh, post office slogan, Rain, sleet, or snow. He's out here to deliver you uh, good church information and listen to your phone calls. And we want to thank everybody who pledged and paid their pledge because, as I always say, there's no us without you. If you don't pay your pledge, we won't be on the air. And I'm pretty sure we know that Realm Barnett really thank you, and we thank you, and the radio station thank you. And uh, we want y'all to wake up and uh, join this conversation this morning. I know y'all got uh, full stomachs and empty pockets because you, you ate plenty of Thanksgiving, and, and then you went out on Good Friday and overdid it. So, I mean, uh, what is Black Friday? Black Friday. Black Friday and overdid it. So, uh, Mr. Uh, What's going on at DISD? We have seen a lot of chatter going on, different things. I see uh, uh they had renaming of Atwell Middle School.
1: Right, um, which is uh, one of the real positive things that, that happened in District 6. Uh, we did formally rename uh, William Harley Atwell to Judge Louis A. Bedford Jr. Law Academy. And the really great thing about this is is that uh, Judge Bedford was a pillar in the African American community. Uh, he was the first uh, African American judge in the city. Uh, his office was located on Martin Luther King. Um, he uh, acted in civil rights issues and was a great person to um, name the school after. Um, when I came on the board, um, the one of the community concerns was the name of William Harley Atwell, and they wanted that school renamed. And so we worked to try to um, get what the community needed, and also try to make sure that we had. Uh, someone's name that would be representative of the community but also a great leader in the community so about two weeks ago we had the um, renaming ceremony and it was just a delight to be with so many people um, that clearly knew Judge Bedford and worked with him uh, through that process and the other great thing about the new school is, we will be building a brand new school. So we will be building a brand new Judge Lewis A. Bedford uh, Law Academy. And so we are just so excited that all of this is culminating and coming together for, for the community. Um, most people know that I've worked hard to uh, push the district to put funds into Uh, schools in the southern sector and uh, it's coming to fruition. Um, uh, David W. Carter will be getting their second round of bond funds uh, to continue to uh, improve that facility. Um, We are no longer waiting for them to give us. We are asking and in return, we're getting that opportunity to um, do additional things. Uh, also, Justin Ford Kimball will be receiving its second round of bond funds to be able to complete and continue on um, the upgrading that we've been able to do at that campus. and. Many of the elementary schools in the area will be getting upgrades also. So we're really excited that District 6 is going to be well represented. And um, my belief is that, that all of the Southern Sector schools will be touched in some way, some form, or some fashion to be able to make sure that our kids have those same opportunities that children all over the district has.
2: So we're finally getting our part of... The DIHD money, uh, uh, we're getting some equity for a change.
1: Right. Well, you know, through the years I've served on the bond committee and I've watched um, what has happened with bond funds, and most of the bond funds did not go to schools in our particular area. Uh, and I fought on that bond committee to get some things done but was not able to do as much as I've done as a trustee. Uh, As a trustee, I've been able to really make some uh, impact in terms of the whole equity piece. And we'll continue to fight to make sure that our our children get uh, what they deserve, not just on um, renovations of buildings, but uh, on their whole public education experience. Um, All I like to say all the time is that I want them to have a better educational experience than I had. And the way we do that is to make sure that there is equity in the process and to ensure that the district understands that um, we will be relentless about uh, the whole equity piece.
2: All right. So you're keeping the fight going. And we just uh, we appreciate that. And we got a lot more going than uh, I think Mark Twain going to get some money spent on it. So we're getting something done over in the southern sector. You know, we uh, we can't wait. On people just to tell us it's our time. We got to demand that we get our fair share of the tax money that we spend. We, we're we big taxpayers in the southern sector and tired of seeing all our money spending north of 30, you know, and uh, we appreciate you and we got a lot going on. You can join this conversation at 972-647-1893 or you can join Reverend Barnett on Heavenly Joy Church uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30, Mirren Barnett Sr. on Facebook, Heavenly Joy Church. Uh, you can call and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We got a lot of things going on. We had a heated uh, community meeting. I'm pretty sure y'all seen it on the news about the new homeless shelter hospital over on Hampton, right there by or Hampton, right there. By Keys Park, across from Keys Park, and right across uh, off next to one of your schools, Miss
1: Foreman, Jimmy Tyler Brashear,
2: and the library,
1: and the library, and just um, not even half a mile away is uh, Maria Marino, uh, which used to be in my district, but uh, it's another elementary school that could be impacted uh, by such a move.
2: Right, and I, I people don't be uh, hoodwinked by this. Thing with the homeless shelter. It's not that that community is fighting against the homeless. It's they're saying the traffic, the uh, the things that comes with this, you know, uh, walking the streets and uh, panhandling. They said this is what they don't want in their community, and they want to know we already have one uh right there at uh, what is it? Westmoreland and 20 uh, homeless house uh, was it, the a hotel, a motel? On
1: Independence Way.
2: It's Independence, Independence
1: Way. Right. right? to, it's on Cockroach Hill.
2: Cocker Hill.
1: hmm
2: Right, and we already have one over there, and it it's seems like well, every time they tried to put one on the, on the northern sector of town, it was rejected. Now they want to bring it to the southern sector and spend millions of dollars on it, and, uh, and people get confused about the homeless. Uh, Dallas has a huge homeless problem, and it was reported that some of the other cities are putting their homeless on buses and sending them to Dallas. You know, we talk about Abbott sending uh, the immigrants to other cities. Well, some of these cities are sending their homeless people to Dallas. And we do have some issues, and uh, it's going to all get worked out. But you got to work with the community. You know, I'm, I'm so uh, amazed that when other communities north of the Trinity River, say it's something they don't want, and don't. If they don't want a Walmart, they don't want a Sam's. Uh, they don't want a Dallas Independent School uh, in their neighborhood. It doesn't happen. But when the southern sector say they don't want it, then somebody sitting on their city council say, "Oh, that's what y'all need," and that's that's why we wind up with the charter school right there at uh, Count Wisdom in 35. I was at the city council meeting and. Uh, uh, one of the former city council members of, I think it's Phil climbing and say, that's what y'all need. Uh, South Oak Cliff is a failing school, which was the lie because it's not a failing school. Not South Oak Cliff, I'm sorry. Carter
3: mm-hmm.
2: was a failing school and it was not. And he said, that's what we need and that's what we got over there. The charter school jammed down the throat of the community which is causing havoc with the traffic and uh Dallas spent a bunch of money on the infrastructure for their school. So if you if you missed out on a sidewalk or getting your alley re, uh, repaved or any of those good things that you've been hoping for, look over there at that charter school on Camp Wilson in uh, 35. They spent probably millions of dollars over there uh, putting in infrastructure just to hold that facility. And we fought the school. We lost, again, by one vote. One vote, and we could have had that school uh, move somewhere else or, and had that neighborhood back on track. But one vote, and the one vote was, I won't hesitate to tell you, was the council member member whose district that is. That was Casey Thomas. He he voted against the community, and the community didn't want it. So we just continue to fight, and that's why it's important to go to the polls and vote. And you vote. Your are conscious. You vote what's going to put in office somebody that's going to have your interests at heart and not the interests of uh, big box stores or uh, rich billionaires and millionaires. You know, we got the thing over there at Redbird, you know, uh, executive airport it's called now. You know, uh, all that air show and the plane crashed over there. But that community said they didn't want that. They had signs in their yard saying, don't land on us. Maybe they should have said don't crash on us because we got some problems over there with all these air shows and stuff. Is that facility designed for that kind of air show? So we got some issues, and you can join us 972
1: 647 1893. So, with the homeless um, facility that, um, that they're trying to put in uh, District 3 over on Hampton, Uh, The community was not aware that they were coming forth with that proposal until it was sprung on the community. Uh, I was told in January um, that there was a possibility, but that I would be kept uh, abreast of what was going on, and that did not happen. Um, No one is against serving the homeless, Um, Because there is a definite need, but there's a way to do that without putting it close to a library, close to two schools, close to two senior facilities, along with close to a park, which is Keys Park. Um, We have to find a better way. The city council made all the moves they could to remove the homeless from downtown because they were building all of these apartments and building up downtown. And so they pushed them into the neighborhoods. And now the neighborhoods are struggling with trying to figure out uh, how that's going to be addressed And um, I was downtown for 30 years, so I did a lot of work with the homeless, and I do understand some of the homeless problems, but if the city continues to try to resolve all of the problems as if it's only one issue with the homeless then we're never going to get it done because there are just so many different things going on. We have mental illness. We have drug and alcohol abuse. We have um, people who are temporarily homeless um, that the city could make uh, a better use of their facilities to try to get those people going again. We have women and children that are homeless. So there's a huge issue, and it has to be addressed uh, holistically, not just a one shot fits everything because that's not the way it is. And when the community was made aware of what was going on at that community meeting, of course, there was strong pushback. Uh, we also had a parent and a student from Jimmy Tolliver Shear to come down to the DISD school board to speak on it also. Now, remember um, these um, people that were at that meeting, the majority of them uh, are in my trustee district. Uh, and so I represent them and I want to make sure that it's clear I am not for that facility being that close to the school, that close to the park, nor that close to, to senior facilities. I think the, the city has to find a better way and what they did was Um, they bought the property um, without the community really knowing what was going on. So they bought the property so now they feel like they're stuck because they bought it with homeless funds. Well that's not true. They can figure out a way to find the money in another pot of money to be able to put the homeless money back in that in the uh, fund and then figure out something better to do. Now uh, I clearly remember um, uh, Dr. Dravis Edwards uh, trying to reopen that as a hospital, um, which would have made more sense.
2: All right. We have a caller.
0: Yeah. Uh, good morning. Uh, we have uh, James on uh, line two.
2: James on yes. line two. All right. Good morning, James.
4: Yeah, good morning, Mr. Steen and uh, board member Foreman. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, First of all, what I want to uh, two things. First, I want to remind people that the trial for the murderer of Tatiana Atatiana Jefferson is beginning to kick off uh, on Monday in Fort Worth, and I understand the the uh, place where they're going to have the uh, the proceedings is a small place that only holds 65 people. So I want to encourage people to uh, arrange to go there, and they still have not decided whether or not they're going to have the trial and what we're you know, talking about moving it somewhere else. But it's all uh, that's getting kicked off on, on Monday according to what the papers say. Uh, maybe somebody with more information can call in and uh, let us know what to do and uh, what's
2: happening and that kind of thing. Uh, uh, is it, uh, you know excuse excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, sir. Is this, this coming Monday? Uh, according to what the paper said, yes. Right, because I've been... I was kind of listening to it, too, and I'm like, you they still trying to move that trial, and uh, they they work us against each other. When we get out and protest and demand justice and stuff, then they say, well, there's too much uh, media attention here, and we need to move it, and uh, it's, you know, now that i I seen where they had uh, uh, Betsy Price and uh, someone else they had on there that, uh, that I had spoken out against the police's actions and they wanted to use that. And I think they got Lee do on, uh, Attorney Lee do on gag order. So go ahead on. I didn't want to, I just want to kind of fill in on what you were saying. Yeah,
4: well, well thank you for filling in. Because uh, let's say we are kind of in the dark about how this thing is going to go. And it is of supreme importance to us as people in this country and to wh- how it comes out. Uh, uh, at any rate, number two, uh, last week, uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend was talking about the importance of Spanish in the school district and having Spanish as a requirement because it is such an important language, uh, not only in the Southwest where we are, but also the entire world. It's uh, the, uh, I think, the second most spoken language in the entire world. I want to ask uh, board member Foreman: What's the possibility of uh, taking steps to make it? So that the people in our communities uh, uh, are up and and burst uh, on how to deal with that language. In other words, can we uh, require that it's taught uh, in schools and so that all our people know how to speak it? Anyway, I'm gonna hang up and get
2: there. So thank you, brother. No, 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 no. Don't hang up. Don't hang up, brother. Hang ain't
1: in there, Jane. <laughs> so, so there there are a couple of of, of thoughts. Uh, the first one is is that. Um, We have access to Spanish. We have dual language classes uh, in many of our schools. So our students already have access to Spanish if they want to take Spanish and if the parents want to see that they take Spanish. Um, we We can't require them. That's not a state requirement. And so we can't require them to be able to uh, speak Spanish. Uh, What I will tell you is that um, it's kind of interesting as I listen to the conversation about all people need to speak Spanish. Because the Hispanic uh, parents want their children speaking English. Right. And I deal with that on a daily basis. Um, They don't want them in the bilingual classes. And so it's it's a toss up. Uh, but uh, children today have access to dual language, which would be Spanish, uh, in the schools.
4: Well, if we're
2: going to have to depend on the truck of Excuse me, excuse who, uh, me, excuse to, me, James. Can you hold on for a moment? I'm going to hold you over. I apologize. We went over our break and just hang in there. We're going to continue this conversation. 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'ma keep it in All right, we're back on church information in open form. I'm Steen, your host, along with uh co host Miss Joyce Former School Board Trustee, District Six. And we was talking to James. Uh James, you still with me? I'm still here. Yeah, we was talking about uh speaking Spanish, uh uh the our neighborhoods and our schools teaching Spanish to the school kids and uh, that's already uh, on the table and they already have the opportunity but uh, let me ask you a question James, Uh, you remember back when uh, they came along with this pre-K 3 and 4 and uh, one of the uh, qualifications to get free pre-K was that the kids uh, did not fully understand the English language now they played that against us. Well, a lot of the Hispanic kids can go and get free pre-K when some of our kids couldn't get it because they said they understood the English language. But when you look at the report cards, our kids are a big percentage of failing in math and in English. So we, we, we have to be very careful of what we ask for because some of this stuff, they play against us. And like Miss Foreman was saying that... uh. Some of the uh, Hispanic parents that want their kids to learn English. So uh, we thank you for your call, and I understand where you're coming from. And uh, yeah, I'll let you close out. Anything else you want to add to this before I let you go?
4: Well, if, it, if the uh, say-so has to come from the uh, state, which is basically run by the trumpistas and the trumpeteers, uh, everything is going to stay the same. Anyway thank you very
2: much and thank you and it's not going to stay if, if they had their way we all would be charter schools <laughs> yeah. alright we have another caller
0: yeah uh Tony is on the line of one
2: though. Tony on line one good morning right. Tony good morning how you all doing we're doing, doing great, great this morning
5: alright <clears throat> I had a question to answer I'm going to answer a second I'm going to go to the Spanish first um I think the context of I know we met, uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend Barnett and how was discussing. I think when that time he was on, we're talking about everybody should learn. Schools have have always offered Spanish as a uh, elective. This is where the problem comes in. Is this. See, schools usually get their mandate from businesses, supposedly. Businesses hire people who are bilingual. They'll have a bilingual person fluently before they hire somebody probably, you know, who's uh, monolingual, which is you know most one language. Now, most times when French parents want their kids learn English it's because of the stereotypes, the uh, the uh, you know, you know, and it's, it's been going on since I've been in the school. Uh, speak English because, you know, number one, you need to know that know, know that language. Number two is is that, you know, by by speaking Spanish, you know, you have like you like, say racial racial stereotypes pushed out. But when you ask your parents later, when a kid's grown, should they talk Spanish to their kids? They will tell you yes, because like I said, you know, companies are going that route. And one of the reasons why I suggest that our kids, black kids learn different languages is this. If you're gonna compete with the world, and you're gonna compete with people coming in this country speaking different languages, if an so African they come in speaking five languages, it's native language, it's native tongue, French, English, and something else, and they have the same qualifications, as far as an academic background, same degree, and the business person, why would I why would I hire somebody who, who's just on the one language? Well, that makes sense for me. So so that's what my suggestion is and and, and I think sometimes what happens is is is, is, is that I think uh the one thing is it should start young. It should be in there. Like I say, and 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 and, and uh uh Turkey Foreman is right about uh, you know, it's not a state issue. Now Governor Abbott talks about his poor business, which he is. But if you go talk to heads of companies, especially ones who make high money, I ain't talking about the money to the people at the bottom, they will tell you that's what they're doing for. But you will never have them come out and tell tell a school to do that. You know why? If, number one, I want to hire everybody. I want everybody. Now, if I'm white, I speak Spanish, I speak French or whatever, man, the advance over you. That's why I, 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 I told them about this, uh, then that, you know, um, uh, especially, hey, school teach Italian. That's a good thing. It is great. It's awesome. You know, so, so Dallas is teaching different languages It's just, we need to have our parents come talk to people and say, hey, you might want to add this to, 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 to one of the keys to, to your child's education to see if it opens doors for them. That's my phone on Spanish and a small language. I want to ask you four about a conversation if you remember. It might have been last four meeting I was meeting before. You asked the superintendent about the numbers that 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 changed. I've got trying to get closer to that comes to my mind. There was two numbers that changed for us in, uh, uh, in African American. It had been at a certain at a, at a certain you know, uh, level. Then they came back and revised. It. And then you said, "Why did it change?" That's one question you asked. I don't know if you remember that. I do. As uh, superintendent. I do. I, and 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 I was like, "That's a pointed question," because she knows that they can't be the numbers, and she said she will get back with you. I didn't like the way Bob matched I'm gonna say this. I'm serious. Not necessarily in Dallas, but I'm a citizen of the United States. Liberal white people have a funny way how they play, play minorities. You know, they smile, they they they, they, they are You know, and you know, and he cast like some, some after, after his turn came around with, 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 when, when that question came around. You know, and then and then there was one guy. I don't know who you're thinking of me. said, so, Can you pull your numbers or whoever he was? Anyway, I wanted you to elaborate on that question you asked, and I'll sit
1: back and, and listen off there. So uh, I'm, I'm going to just uh, reiterate one more time about the, um, well, the language. Um, I'm still in the workforce, and a lot of young Hispanic people do not speak Spanish to their children at home. And I think that's a misnomer that that we have. Um, We have some charter schools that only do Chinese. Uh, They don't do Spanish. Uh, So I am in total agreement that uh, language is important, um, but I don't think we should limit ourselves to one language. Uh, Tony, you talked about Africans coming over, speaking five languages. Uh, I think... uh, as many languages as young people could learn is important. And so we need to focus on that. But in the meantime, we've got to train our parents uh, to be able to ask for what is already there uh, for them. The issue with, um, uh, you know, I ask a lot of questions, Tony. So the issue with, uh, that I had with um, the superintendent and the changes Were those were what we call progress measures, and that gets us to our ultimate goal. So, uh, and three progress measures that dealt with African American growth—they were lowering the goal, so that. they were saying like um, one of them was like 3.9 and they moved it to 4.1 and it had been 4.4. Well, um, one of the things that the audience didn't know is is that these progress measures are tied to the superintendent's uh, performance review. And I might have said that uh, at the meeting because I'm real clear on that. And I did not vote for lowering the goals. Um, what I did say to them was is that um, I don't want to hear any more about uh, the pandemic and what happened to our children during the pandemic. They are professionals, and the expectation is, is that they move these children forward, particularly our African-American children. Now, we did make about three percentage points progress, but that's not good enough. Uh, And and for me. And so we have to stay on it. Uh, Other trustees um, come to the table with uh, different agendas. And so the trustee that you were talking about, Trustee Mackey, believes that he has all the knowledge because he was a principal at TAG. But what I've reminded him of is is that he was bought here to be a principal at Tag. So he has no idea of our neighborhood schools and the uh, comprehension that needs to happen in our neighborhood schools. Um, When they brought it up the second time, I reiterated my, my point and my concern that we were lowering the goals. And I believe I was the only one that voted against lowering the goals, and I'm not going to ever allow them to lower the goals, and I participate in that, particularly when it comes to African American progress.
5: All right, okay. Tony. All right, thanks.
1: Does that make sense?
5: No, no, just now, just now. I is I, I, the, way, the way they show it on Facebook, they cut it up, they cut the, your. your, your, your um, meetings up in, in
1: sections.
5: Oh. And sometimes I I, I really don't see the whole question right. time part, like I'll get to the next the next uh, picture and, and and I might miss some information so I not all I'll all right. next, like, say. I I work so. But, all right, thank you. All, all right, thank, right you, Tony, thank you Tony for
2: calling in and I'm going to move on. I'm getting my lines again. Phil, who do we have next uh? Uh we have a uh, brother Andrew on uh, line 2. Brother Andrew on yes. line 2 uh Good morning, Brother Andrew.
4: Good morning to you, man and woman of God. and, and
1: Good morning. Thank
4: God for, and uh, we appreciate all the work that you're doing. And, and to the man of God that's operating and taking the place right now, uh, Barnett, Reverend Barnett, we thank you all for it. Uh, I want to comment on something. Um, on this. I can understand that's why Hispanics uh, are having their kids, why their kids are taking American. They want them to take, uh, a lot of them to learn American. This, uh in school, such as because it's more Hispanics are coming and those are speaking of uh, Latin or Hispanic language that's coming over now than ever before in Texas. And, yes, they do not speak, uh, basically, you don't hear them speaking too much Spanish, uh, I mean, American uh, English at home. The ones I've heard and the ones I've encountered, because they wanna stay and they do keep to their their roots, they keep to their uh, culture. But we were not able, I don't mean to go back and I wanna keep going forward. Yes, I'm learning Spanish too. But they would not even let us learn anything about our black culture and history. They took it out of the school. They took it out of schools. So a lot of cultures and races have come over now they have a head start, an advantage on the black culture because why? They have already two cultures, uh, two speaking languages But well, we have one because we're under the quote unquote uh, America under the you know American law that we we were born here and and it's our choice too. So don't let me get wrong; it's our choice to us to uh, for us to. Suggest to our children and for us to put our children in different classes and different uh, languages My daughter's in Spanish and French and Korean And
3: we did not have that
4: opportunity to teach our children and to kind of push them along to get to that way And I need to know, can you answer me a question on this? Now, for those parents that do not have the schooling and education How do they... Go about putting their children in school uh, and
1: learning. Put them in these different classes, and they don't even know it. So, are you asking me that question?
4: Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. So, so there, there are a couple of things um, I think that needs to be clarified. Um, yes, ma'am. There are different dialects of Spanish, so they're not all the same. Uh, if you got somebody coming from Honduras, they're not speaking the same Spanish as the Mexicans. So there's there's, a, there's different dialects of Spanish, and I think people get that confused. They think Spanish is just Spanish, and and, and so there are different dialects. But one of the things about our, our young parents that do have students in school. Um, there are counselors available to talk to them about the, the schedules for the students. I see more more, more and more uh, parents that have kids in elementary and middle school going to the schools than I do in the high schools. Right, right. Because this, these elementary parents, they're, they're trying to figure it out. They are actually trying to figure it out. And we get more participation from elementary school parents, which would, in most cases would mean those are our younger parents.
0: Right. You got some
2: background noise there, Brother Andrew?
4: Okay, I'm sorry. I just said
2: uh, Let me say this to you, Brother Andrew. Uh, you said that uh, when we was coming up, they would not let us learn our culture and different things. It's not... When we was coming up, it's so much going on now. Why you think we having problem with uh African American history in America? And they still are in the same position they were back whenever you were talking about. You know, they still that's why they try to label everything critical race theory and do a lot of things to stop us from finding out our history, our culture—you know—they they stripped our language away from us. So I appreciate the call, but I'm I gone past the break, uh, brother Andrew. and We thank you for your call and all my callers. Y'all hang on the line, and I'm gonna get to you. And we join this conversation nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Yeah, what's up? I'm up? All right, we're back on church information and in open form, and we was talking. Uh, about it, several different topics, and as promised, I'm gonna go back to my phone lines. And uh, who do I have next? Uh, we have a souljourner on uh, line three. Sojourner. good morning, Sojourner. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning,
4: Miss Farmer. Yes. I thank you. Uh, I go back a long time with you when you first came to the board. How you were? How you were challenged by? Some of the, our own black males that disrespected you in front of everybody in, 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 in the school board meetings, and I just want to say that I appreciate your, you staying in the struggle. But this is the problem that we have in, in education: is that public education is being destroyed in this country all the way across the board. I agree. We are talking about we are talking about these kids learning not learn. We don't even speak English. We don't, we don't even know we don't even know noun verb agreement. We don't speak English. We're trying to talk about learning the language. We don't even speak the native language that's spoken here. English is the language of commerce all over the world. This is why you have so many Chinese people speak English. More Chinese speaking English than they speak in English speaking countries because it's the, commerce, it's the language of commerce. So this is what's happening in the schools. There's no there's no discipline. I see it all the time. Kids walk out of the schools like it's nothing. They walk the street. You ask the police, the DISD uh, detectives of uh, police, they say we can't do anything. Our hands are tied. We know they're walking off, but we can't do anything.
1: So I I do appreciate your comments and Uh, Thank you for uh, continuing to follow me in my quest to make public education better. You are correct that um, public education is under attack. And we as a community have to fight for um, the changes that we need. You and I both know when we came along that public education was your ticket. Education was your ticket. So wherever you want it to go, it was through education. And if, if you heard me just a few minutes ago talking to Tony about lowering the goals, those goals were specifically African-Americans and there were reading goals uh, and math goals. I don't want to lower any goal whatsoever. I wanna make sure that our children get what they need. But but listen closely. We've got to start in elementary, making yes. sure that our yes. children understand the importance of education. When they get to high school, it's late. It's so late. so oh, w- ha- go ahead.
4: Let me ask this also. I I I'm a retired teacher. I taught and substituted and and. Children would come up to me, little black kids come up to me in fourth grade. Sir, I can't read.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: Sir, I don't know. I can't count. Mm -hmm. This is in America. These are American people. These are American students. And you made an excellent point. Spanish, they have so many dialects that we don't understand. See, and the game is being played on us. Wake up, black people. We don't even understand what the game is. Mm -hmm. A child in fourth grade
1: walks up to me and broke my heart and says, Mr., I can't read. So what we're we're doing now to address that is that um, we have reading initiatives in all of our elementary schools and getting some in our middle schools to try to address uh, that problem. Because if a child can read, they can do almost anything. And so we are trying to address that particular uh, problem within our elementary schools. In fact, um, now the state has its issues with public education, but they did give us uh, some additional funding for tutoring so that we could uh, try, to, try to change that. But by the same token, we've got to make children and parents understand the importance of education.
2: Alright, journey, I hate to cut you short. I'm going to try to get to the rest of my callers before the... Thank you for taking my call. And you're welcome. Thank you. Feel free to call. You know, uh, uh, one thing, we talk about these kids and what they can and what they can't do. But when I was a kid, I mean, you was just like a pack mule when you came home off the bus. You had so many books and so much homework and everything. Now these kids get out of school and straight to the TV or to the cell phone or Mm -hmm. to the games and stuff. So, I mean, the games are playing games on our kids. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, who do we have next up here? So we we have JT, line JT yes. on line four. JT on line four. Good morning, right. JT. Comes on the morning. I'm sorry, I don't hear you.
4: Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, good morning. I want to say uh, thank you to school uh, board member Foreman. She, she uh, I'm in her district, and I appreciate all the hard work she does. Thank you. Hey, listen, I'm I'm all against teaching Spanish uh, in the schools, I think that it should be, we should think about the old ladders. Uh, and I'm going to use American. When in America, you need to learn English. You need to learn the, the, the language of this country. But another thing is that when I was coming up in West Dallas, going to Frederick Douglass Elementary, by the way, I didn't see a white teacher until I was in the sixth grade. Mm. But what they taught me was the most important thing In my life, they had a profound effect on my life and my education. And I think that the schools, the problem with the schools now, is that we're so politically correct that we're not teaching the basics like math and science, especially science, but math and science, English, biology. Why can't we just concentrate on that? When I see those spelling bees on TV... I don't see Americans winning spelling bees. I see Middle Eastern people, I see Oriental people. We and, and like the like the retired teacher said this while ago, these kids can't even count. I went back to college and and these kids coming out of high school, they can't even write a paper.
1: So JT can I try to answer some of that quickly? I want you to <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, 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 part of part of the issue is is that when you and I were in school, we weren't strapped by a test. The state has, and I'm sure you're familiar with the star test.: Sure. I am. And so what they do is they try to teach the kids based on what's going to be on the star test because that affects. The, the teachers and their salaries and tenure and all those other things. So if, if we had a rally to get away from the star test and move to teaching our young people the things that are most important, reading, writing, because most of them uh, can't write a paper. We used to have to write a paper longhand, remember? Yeah. Of course, Of course. Yeah, they don't do even do and cursive.
4: I've been seeing cursive too. <laughs> well, here, here's another here's another thing that the retired teacher touched on. I think every kid should have homework every day. And I a agree. Piece of paper, not not on a computer. Mm-hmm. Give them a piece of paper and say that's the way they did us. Give us a piece of paper and say bring that tomorrow, and let your parents sign it. Also, but, mm-hmm. but, but remember,
1: I I refer to the state and the star test. I understand, and I the understand. state is also pushing them having a device because it makes it easier for them to collect the data on the kids.
4: Well, let me tell you one more thing. Another thing, I'm in the construction business and when I got to Thomas A. Edison in West Dallas, we had drafting, wood shop, Mm -hmm. metal shop, and we learned to trade. Mm -hmm. And and that's what got me into the business. And now, and I'm going to tell you from a professional in, in the trade, there's no qualified, enough qualified tradesmen in the business. Sure, there's a lot of workers, but they're not qualified. They're not properly trained. So, you know who, who pays for all that? The customer, mm-hmm. the consumer out here, because they're not getting qualified work for their hard earned money.
1: Can I share something else with you?
4: Uh, you go.
1: And, and I wish you would visit. Um, we have uh, four throughout the city, career development centers.
5: I know that.
1: Those centers are going to be teaching trades. We need people like yourself visiting the center and then coming back, giving us more feedback on what else needs to be in those career development centers. Um, They are all going to be different throughout the city. You have uh, north, south, east, and west. And the one over in our area is at Village Fair.
5: Village
1: Fair. Okay. Uh-huh. I would love for you to go over there. It's the Charmaine and Robert Price Career Development Center. I would love for you to go over there because they have a construction component where the kids go to their, their home school. Half a day, and then they go to the Career Development Center, the other half. And they're supposed to leave there with a trade and a certificate. So,
2: That's an excellent idea.
1: Uh, so, and
2: one more thing. One uh, more thing. JT, JT I, I okay. got to go, brother. I mean, I thank appreciate you, it, thank but you,
1: thank <laughs> you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for calling in, man. But go thank to the you. Career
1: Development Center.
2: <laughs> I am. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And we're going to hold you to it, too. Uh, who, who do we have next, Pierre? Uh, Steve Black Eagle on a, Steve Black Eagle yes on line 2 uh, good morning Steve Black Eagle
0: hello good morning Blessings. good morning uh, it's a good um, How you said uh, you were talking about a building that was uh, the idea of making a hospital
2: it's and already a, a hospital it, it oh, was a hospital that. they making a homeless facility out of it oh
0: uh, Yeah, well, I mean, the the thought and idea of making, like, a language-speaking center, uh, you know, focusing on, like, African-American community, uh, you know, I always hear, like, like you were uh, explaining about Spanish, and the one thing that's correct, a lot of these Spanish families... Uh, Ah,
2: your phone is breaking up.
0: Yeah, out of uh, yeah, it's a really bad bad weather outside. Right. But a lot of the the Spanish community, they teach their children not to speak Spanish, and uh, I'm in the trade, and a lot of times I have to speak Spanish the whole day, for them to understand what you know we need to do you know in fixing or construction, uh, and a lot of them you know they'll confess and say, well, I didn't grow up you know speaking Spanish because of the uh, you know, because of the backlash, you know, kind of the racism towards the industry, and uh, but explain about it. So just a center that focuses on, I said the African American, uh, the African languages. You know, the sense of of somebody who speaks different languages to try to connect with somebody who's African American, and they don't have the, you know, the the back or the the traditional ways or customs, you know, they can't they can't bridge that, you know, that thought process of of, you know, kind of dealing like you like the other cult was saying with commerce. If you can speak, write and do math with that focus of a different language, you can you can survive. And that's that's the idea and thought when uh, a lot a lot of times when the the Latin cultures come in their main focus is of commerce, of economics and money, how to make money, and the political process. All See, right. the thing is once you get that out of language, that's the first thing they you know, they want to understand. Are you, you know, what side are you on as far as, uh, you know, continuing the process of making money, or having commerce. Oh, all I, right. I've, spoken, I've spoken to a lot of Africans and One of the languages, the first languages they easily learn is Spanish. So, you know, know, my thought is if African Americans, they learn, you know, tribal African languages and they feel they have that backbone towards, you know, the the mental language support, they can easily learn any other language. I, I speak Native American, I speak Sicilian. I speak Spanish. I speak English, and I speak seven other dialects and languages of Latin America. And there's no, there's no barrier that once I meet somebody, and I speak their dialect, they know right. to make commerce. You right. know, so that is that is a, the biggest barrier amongst African Americans that they what? don't have to grasp that you know that you know you know that that how you say that uh, that patriotic of oh this is my my language of my culture this is what I have when everybody takes everything away from me I still have that that culture right and it's that it's that sense of you know there's so many well, well, hold,
2: hold, hold. It's so many. Know. It's so many languages in Africa a lot of us don't even know what our really uh, original language was you know you got Nigerian you got all these uh, you got Kenya and all these people speak different languages and so uh, I understand what you're saying but I don't think we need a facilities just to teach language we got facilities that's supposed to be teaching that we already got a bunch of money into it anyway and that's the what, what education facility our schools and i hate to cut you short but uh i'm coming up on a break and uh and my other caller that's on the line please stand by and i'll try to get you starting off and thank you uh for for, for calling this morning you can join us 972-647-1893 we'll be right back All right, we're back on church information and open form. We're going into hour number two, and we're going to start right up on the phone lines because I promised I was going to get to that next caller. Who do we have here? We have uh, Bill uh, on line three. Bill on line three. Good morning, Bill.
3: Good morning. Good morning.
6: And uh, Ike. Uh, yes, I just wanted to comment on the on the Spanish uh, I, I, took hours ago, you know, I agree with most of what he said except when it came to learning English only. you know, uh, you know learning another language even increases your wars of, of commerce and whatnot throughout the world, you know, not not just English, or any other language where you know that, that you can learn. you know and, uh, and, and in my my family, I was fortunate enough that my parents uh, had the foresight to teach me both. You know, and uh, of course I learned English, mostly English in school and, and uh, Spanish and some English at home. And it benefited me, you know, in, in, in my career, you know, my life. And um, I can't say the same about my grandchildren because my my children didn't, didn't, didn't uh, uh, teach them both languages, you know, they just they grew up. And I told them, and I told them, I've tried to, to, to tell them, you know, that it would benefit them to speak both. Yeah, you know, especially if it's your culture, you know, and uh, as far as black people learning, I, you know, I, in, in my culture or in my experience, how much I respect and uh, treasure a, a black person that has, it takes the time to learn Spanish too, and I can communicate in both languages. I feel, uh, I know me and mine, you know, in my family, you know, feel that uh, they're part of the family. Because they took the time to learn the culture, you know, so we, we see them in my family, we see other people, and not not only black people, but white people too, or whoever, or, or, you know, whoever speaks uh, uh, Spanish or, or takes the time to learn my culture. You know, I, we took the time to learn the culture here, you know, we, of course, by necessity, but also, uh, we respect, uh, and I do, I, I, to me, uh, I can't think of anybody more respect that I have respect for than another person speaking my language or my culture. And it just just, helps us to communicate with each other. You know, you become part of the family, you know, and all that entails, you know, you become part of the family. But anyway, that's my opinion.
2: All right. Well, we thank Thank you, you. Bill. And uh, you mentioned one language uh, a couple of times in there that I wish we would get back to teaching, and that is respect. These kids today yeah. and even the adults, there seem to be such a lack of respect. You go to the grocery stores, the service station, or even the schools, everywhere you go, it seems to be like a lack of respect and so yeah. so much disrespect. People just, you know, they just don't respect each other. That's why we got so much road rage and, and just attitudes out there. You look over, you know, we used to. People used to wave at you now, and they're looking over there. They mean mugging you, and like what you're looking at, it's just it's just so much disrespect. And uh, I blame, I blame a lot of it on this. Uh, uh, they're gonna get upset with me, but the hip hop generation, uh, with all this old vogue rap music and stuff, we got to get back and start respecting each other and try to stay on target. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big conspiracy theory, and whatnot, but
6: this is not a conspiracy. This has been being, being, uh, uh, of course. Uh, Talk down the line to us, whatever from from uh, people that don't want us to respect each other because they're afraid of us. They're afraid of uh, they're just afraid of they're losing power or whatnot. They think it, that you know, that that's that's one way to separate, separate us and whatnot. You know, separate and conquer. I, mean, I just that's just the way I, you know, I feel about that.
2: All right. Well, we thank Appreciate you for it. your call, thank Bill, you. and you can join us at nine seven two six four seven one eight. and you don't have to talk about the language, Uh, you don't have to talk about all, you can talk about what you want to talk about as long as it's decent because this is church information in open form Uh, and we do have a lot going on in our cities Uh, I was listening, I was reading the paper an article in the paper and they were saying that uh, a Dallas police officer uh, uh, shoots at a cop and I it puzzled me because I thought a police officer was a cop, so I don't understand all this different way that they try to bring you the news to keep you confused and everything. And uh, Miss Foreman was talking about so much that's going on in education and how they are, there's a big attack on public education. But the only way you're gonna be able to counter that attack on public education, you got to go to the polls and vote. Some of these people we got in, in power and uh, that's trying to take away your vote and take away your voice and uh, trying to just shove stuff down your throat and make you take it. That's why a lot of stuff that's going on is not the fault of the teacher. It's the fault of the voter. And we do have a caller. Yeah, uh, Mike is on line one. Mike is on line one. Good morning, Mike. How you doing?
4: All right, I would ask y'all how y'all doing, but I don't know, I already had them. I don't know, I already heard it thirty times. So I'm not gonna waste time asking you. Uh, I got a question for the board member. I'm wondering the the, the police for for the board member. I'm wondering what do they actually do, and are they uh, in charge of the school zones because they driving through them school zones a hundred miles an hour. It ain't a cop
1: nowhere in sight. Well, actually, those are city streets, and they are governed by the city. Uh, The Dallas ISD police uh, mostly uh, give security to our campuses. We have police on every uh, high school and middle school campus, uh, and now they're engaged in a lot of the Uh, security uh, efforts after Uvalde. So um, we're having um, every day they're checking the security, putting in additional cameras, uh, checking doors to make sure that they're secure. We're putting in more metal detectors to make sure um, that our children um, are not bringing weapons to school. But when it comes to the the uh, school zones—that's controlled by the city. Even the the crossing guards are hired by the city.
4: So y'all, that school board members, y'all couldn't go to the city, uh, to the police department, and try to get, you know, uh, cops there doing when school getting out.
1: Well, you as a citizen could right. could ask that question. Uh, it's not you can't just leave it up to the school board members. If if you see something, say something. And so, if, if you're seeing in these school zones where there's not a, a, a police presence and they're flying through, I call 311. The more that people call into the city to report those kinds of things, uh, the quicker the city will respond. As a school board person, I have no jurisdiction over the city.
2: Right, because had, we had problems with uh, people picking up their kids and they parking in the middle of the street waiting on the bell to ring for the kids to be released from school. And that's not the principal's job to tell those people they can't park in the middle of a city street. So you have to interact with the police department. And I guarantee you, you do it the right way, they will come out. That's correct. They will come out. And one last thing. I mean, you know, I have no problem with, you know,
4: learning a different language. But I think, you know, as black people in America... You know, I think we got more bigger problems than landing the second language, so
1: that's just my opinion. I, I appreciate that, and I'm telling you, we are working harder and harder on making sure that our children learn how to read and be able to speak the language appropriately because um, that is going to make a difference in their overall performance, so I agree. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I was thinking about uh, sojourning the, the retired teacher that called in earlier, and he was saying that the fourth grade uh, kids coming up to him saying they can't read and they, uh, you know, can't put together a paper or can't count. And that's so important that we get these kids a good foundation in education and uh teach them the basics. You know, we uh it's good that, you know, like I said, you got all those different uh opportunities already in the school for them to learn Spanish if they choose to. But we got to get them on board with English, with math, with just the basic, not less no algebra and and, and other things with drama and you know how to write poems and all that. Uh, we got to get these kids just a basic education.
1: Well, one of the things that I think people have to have to understand is is that uh, I tried to explain it a little bit earlier. Is is that um, the public education system revolves around testing uh, and testing our kids, and they're teaching specifically to the test. They have what they call the teeks and the TEEKS pretty much speaks to what's gonna be on the test, and that's what the teachers are teaching. We've got to get away from that, and we gotta make sure that. Um all children, but particularly African-American children, have an opportunity to uh, start reading early. That's one of the reasons. You mentioned the pre-K program, but as you recall, I went to bat and fought so we could get some scholarships in the pre-K program, uh, particularly for African-American children because based on federal law, the Hispanic children were, were getting in. But African-American parents who were just on the bubble of the income level were not getting their children in. So we had to go to battle and and fight to make sure that there were some more opportunities for African-American children. Because there is no question, the, the sooner we get them, the better off they are in terms of learning how to read and learning math. Uh, We also have, um, within many of our schools, our STEM program, which deals with science, Uh, and that's science, engineering, and technology through math. So we are pushing harder for more of those STEM schools to be in our elementary schools so that uh, our young people can begin to uh, look more at the sciences. I, I don't know if most of you all can remember, but the science fair used to be a big deal right, it, where you had to do a project. right? Um, that's not, it's not quite the same anymore. We've got robotics that's a big deal now, but the science fair is not what it used to be. And we've Got to figure out a better way to make sure that our, all children get exposure to those particular levels of education. Right.
2: And uh, you were talking about security a while ago in the schools. And uh yes. I'm it puzzles me that uh the Uvality situation, uh so many millions and millions of dollars being spent on security now because of that. And I just I can't Wrap my mind around it because the whole thing was a unlocked door. If they would have just locked the door like it was supposed to be, follow the rules, follow the protocol, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I, as I look, listen to uh, Governor Abbott, I think we got is it six billion or so many billions of dollars down there in Austin in surplus, and he's vowing to uh, he's gonna help secure the schools and he's gonna fight. Dog Biden administration for the oil and gas industry. And all this money, this $6 billion, I think it well, is.
1: It's much more than $6 billion. I know it's some billions
2: and billions, <laughs> but uh, there's been no conversation on giving teachers a raise. You know, they uh, this year, the last couple of years, we don't had more teachers leave the profession than we ever have. Teachers are quitting, uh, they are frustrated, they are... They, they can't teach because they're being dictated to what to teach. You know, we, they can't teach history because they're trying to call it the critical race theory. And uh, they're taking books out of the library or, or that teaches our culture. Somebody was talking about how we need to learn our own culture. But you're taking those books off the library shelves. So, you know, we need to understand what a fight is and how to engage in the fight. And how you engage in the fight is you vote. And when you vote, you be an educated voter to understand what's up in the vote. What are you voting for? Like, uh, we're talking about the bond package. All this money that was spent over there on a hospital, buying that hospital on Hampton, that you don't want the money to be, I mean, the building to be used for homeless. That's your money that you voted for in that bond package. And we always tell you, don't vote for a bond unless you know what you're getting. So they took your money, $6 million of bond money, purchased this property on Hampton to put something in your neighborhood you don't want. But you're the one that voted and gave them the bond money in the first place.
1: Well, there there are a couple of things. Um, uh, One, you talked about um, the teacher's um, situation, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, as to how we um, retain teachers. And uh, as you probably know, and those that watch the DISD board meetings, they know that uh, I'm... uh, not in agreement with the way we rate our teachers at Dallas ISD, we have a pay-for-performance system. Uh, We're the only school district in the state that has this system. Now, what we've done is we've actually um, uh, upped the rates for new teachers. So somebody coming out of college can come into a teaching profession at $62,000 a year. We have some teachers who have been in the system that might be only making 70000 and they could have been there for years. Right. My, my concern are those teachers that are stuck in the middle. Not new teachers, but the teachers who have tenure, who have proven themselves as teachers, and they're not getting raises to be able to um, um, effectively stay in the system. And so they leave because of that. The new teachers are not leaving because uh, just think if you're a college graduate and you come out making $62,000 a year, there's not too many professions you can go in doing that.
2: Right, right.
1: And so it's good for the new teachers, but our tenured teachers who have been with us for years, um, that's a problem. Uh, they, teachers also only get a one-year contract. I'm asking that we revisit uh, the one-year contract and look at multi-year contracts for our tenure teachers. Right.
2: Alright, we're up against a short break. You can join us at 972-647-1893 and we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? It's, I'm going to kick it with my yellow. Here we go. It's well it's time to make that change. People love the world today. All man. right, we're back on church information in open form. I'm Ike Steen, sitting in for uh, Reverend Barnett today. He's taking some needed time off with family and friends and festivities, and my co-host is Miss Joyce performing School Board Trustee District 6, the Godmother okay. of <laughs> you, you DISD.
1: Hello?
4: Yes, hello. Miss Fall is in the graduating class of high school they in the
1: class Yes, how are you? This
2: black Hawk. How you doing, Miss From? I'm doing great. Who is this we talking I'm to? i mad you
1: man. You mad at me? Mm. Yes,
4: yeah, did you know Nazis are taking over Martin Luther King Center. Who's taking that for Game House?
1: Who's taking over Martin Luther King Center?
4: Narcissists in fact Miss Up. To
1: Oh, okay. I had not heard anybody was taking over, right? You got George out of
4: high school. What about can our high can school? You killed
1: me over there. You killed me over there, huh? What about our high
4: school? You get high school. I won't talk you. You'll be in the class. Absolutely. You
1: have to be in the house. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, no, I don't
4: know what you got. Me, see I have your starting
1: Oh, okay. Very
4: good. Very. Oh,
1: okay. Well thank you so much.
2: And thank you for your call and we're glad you called us. God bless
1: you. God bless you. <laughs> All
2: right. Who we have next up? Uh, Phil is on the line four. Phil? Phil. Yeah. Okay. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Yes, I would like to
4: make an announcement, if that's okay. I think it's okay. Go ahead. You're okay, great. So, Mayor Pro Tem, Carlin King, Orange District 4, she is having a holiday in the park on Saturday, December the 3rd, from 3pm to 7pm at Keith's Park. She has teamed up with the park and Rick. Santa would be there. A chocolate station would be there. We will have food trucks there, live entertainment, and we're asking the public to come out and help celebrate Christmas in the park. There will be a Christmas tree lighting as well. Again, this is Mayor Pro Tem, Carolyn King, the District 4, She has teamed up with Parks and Recs, bringing this over in the Southern Sector for a Christmas in the Park at Keith Park. What day again?
2: Saturday, December the 3rd, starting at 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., Christmas in the Park. Yes, sir. I wish she could have caught a ride with Santa Claus. I would have liked to talk to her today and... (laughs) But she's tell, part of she's part of the A team here.
1: Yeah, I know it. Tell Santa I'll be there.
2: Well we thank you <laughs> And
1: I to want to him to here. have I want him to have his bag of goodies.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay, <I> sure. <laughs> would let Santa know, but I think Santa is at the
0: North Pole getting the Christmas gifts well, together. He so better
2: get on, on over uh feel. Yes. Oh, uh, would you give your uh, office phone number out to Carolyn King's office for anybody that need to call her office? if they, you Because know, sometimes people in District 4 are having problems with different services and things. And Ms. Own is always uh, giving out numbers and telling them how to call 311 and how to call her office if they're having any problems.
4: Sure. You can call us at 214-671. Nine three four seven. Again, that's 214-671-9347. And if you like to email us, that would be district4
0: at dallas.gov.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Phil, and thank you for the public announcement. I didn't catch your voice at first, and when you said you want to make an announcement, I have to be careful because you never know what people going to say over, over the airways. But thank you, and I think you're doing a wonderful job for the city of Dallas and for Miss Arnold. Well, thank
0: you guys, and happy holidays. You too.
2: Same to you. All right. I know we were talking about the uh, uh, the homeless hospital that they are uh, proposing over there by Keith Park. Uh, Miss Arnold was the only one that uh, that uh, sided with the community and voted against it because of reasons that— uh, there was no feedback from the community. There was no community engagement. And she wanted the people to be engaged and understand what's going on. And you can join us at 972 And we're talking about whatever you want to talk about this morning. Uh, I see the rain doesn't let up, so maybe we can make it home without... Uh, Having some issues, we are out here in Fort North Dallas, uh, right. and they want to thank Miss Foreman first for driving uh, out here in all that rain this morning. It was dark, it was raining, and people was uh, hydroplaning mm-hmm. on the highways, and just a lot going on. And she she went the distance this morning, and uh, Miss Arnold, uh, Kimball is Kimball still in the playoffs?
1: So. um... It was Carter in the football playoffs, and they are no longer in the playoffs. They've won by district. Um, So the only school that we still have in the playoffs, Carter was in uh, 4A, and we uh, still have uh, South Oak Cliff uh, in 5A playoffs, and we're excited. We want them to repeat that it's a good representative of what's going on in the Southern sector. So I am 100% uh, behind them. And I want people to know that I'm 100% behind them Um, because um, we have to do everything we can to encourage our young people and through athletics and sports, it's another mechanism and avenue uh, to be able to uh, encourage our young men and our young women um, to do uh, all the right things. And I'm I'm so excited about uh, South Oak Cliff. Right, right South
2: Oak Cliff. That's the state champions of last year, and they we hope they can get a repeat this yes, year. Yes, we do. All right, who we have on the line? So we have a uh, Chuck on the line too. Ah, hey, good morning, Chuck.
4: Yeah, hey, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good, uh, school board uh, member, Carling Arnold. Hey, I would like to make a proposal to uh, to the school board of Dallas, Texas. Hey, I would like to see the name of Woodrow Wilson School change. So, and, then, and then ask me why, if you're not familiar with our ex-president Woodrow Wilson.
1: So there's a process that you as a community member can engage in to try to uh-huh. get the, the name changed. And what I strongly suggest is that you go on the DISD website and look at renaming because you can submit another name for Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson is not in my uh, district school that district. In? That's in Dustin Marshall Dustin District 2, um, school district. But there is a there's an opportunity for you to go online and there's there's several um pieces of, of information that you'll have to get. You'll have to get the sign off by the SBDM and, and the principal and so there's several processes you'd have to do but uh, I encourage anyone that wants to see a particular school renamed to go on the website and look at that process of renaming.
4: Okay, well I see it's going to
2: be a huge fight but I'm going to look into it, okay? Well, look oh, into do. it, yeah. There do. do. Dustin Marshall uh I mean, he may not be too happy about it, but that, that can be handled low So, matter of fact, is is he running again this year?
1: Well, he's up for re-election this year. Uh, I'm not uh, sure if he's running or not, but he is up for re-election this year. Okay,
2: right. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't give up. Keep staying in the fight. So what else is going on, uh, uh, Miss Honor? I mean, Miss Honor. I'm going to call you Miss Honor like the caller did. (laughs) Like the
1: caller did. It's okay. I'd love to be Miss Honor. She's a a wonderful supporter and a wonderful person uh, in in regards to all that. I wanted to also uh, talk about the renaming of another school. Uh, We renamed, uh, and we're going to have a ceremony on December the 3rd where we are renaming uh, the Robert L. Thornton Elementary School. Uh, that name is going to be changed to Otto M. Friday. It's
2: in Singing Hills, ain't
1: it? It's in Singing Hills. Right. So that name is changing. And also we're going to be honoring uh, Emma Rogers from Black Images mm-hmm. Bookstore. Um, the library will be named after Emma Rogers. She lives in that community, so we wanted to make sure uh-huh. that we uh, recognized and honored her also. The,
2: the uh, school going to be named? Uh, Otto M. Friday. And give us a little background history on Otto okay. M. Friday.
1: Okay, Mr. Friday was the principal. Um, I mean, he was in the district for years, but he was the principal of Lincoln High School. He went on to administration. Uh, And um, he became the uh, acting superintendent at one point. Uh, He was the associate superintendent. He became the acting superintendent. He was um, a man who really stood for education. And we wanted to make sure and continue to try to make sure um, that we recognize African-American who have been engaged in public education who went through the years on the fight to try to make sure um, that our children got what they needed in public right. education. I think,
2: I think Mr. Friday was, uh, he was just like what Mr. Cotton was the South Oak Cliff back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Cotton, he was... Uh, I, I used to hear about Mr. Friday, but I knew about Mr. Cotton, you uh-huh. know. He, we I heard a caller call in earlier talking about how the kids is walking out of school and uh Mr. Cotton didn't play that. He just go up Marseilles and about the Illinois and, and he standing there on the, the car bus and stop. Get he stand on the bus stop and when the uh the back then it was uh Dallas Transit, I think. Mm-hmm. And he stopped the bus and he unloaded all those kids off that bus and however they can get back. I don't know if he walked them back down to the school, but they didn't have to put the trance officer on you. They, that's one thing about the older generation. They weren't so easy to call the police and put you in the system. They they, they, they handled you in a way that uh you would act right without them putting the police on you. Now, well, we appreciated I think,
1: them. Uh, I think integration kind of changed some of that. Um, because once you start getting a variety of children in the schools right um, that that changed the the teachers and principals had control over you once you got in that on that campus. and your parents gave them the right to have right. those kinds of controls
2: and they uh, did then, have control. <laughs> I mean they would. Stuff that happened to you at school you through didn't want the administrators, you didn't go home and, well, he spanked me at school because no. they, they don't want to know why.
1: Exactly.
2: And now these parents today, you, you spank their kids at school, they up there, they want to they wanna fight and, 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 you know, just a lot of things going on that we really need to get back to. And I said earlier, we need to get back to respect.
1: Well, I think the discipline issues are certainly uh, issues of high concern within the schools, and we've got to do a better job on making sure uh, that we handle those issues. Um, We have too many people on the outside telling us how to handle discipline.
2: Right. This is what we need. So uh, who do we have next, uh, Pierre? Okay. Couldn't hear her name, but she's on the air. All right. Uh, Good morning. How are you doing?
3: Good morning. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing wonderful. What's on your mind?
3: Well, let me say that I want to applaud that our restaurant is going to be changing. Uh, let me say principal Otto Friday. Mm-hmm. When my brothers went back in the day, oh, he was an awesome principal. Yes. And he did not play. He walked, He went on top of the building. Yes. He knew the students. Like I just said, we need more principals like him. The you understand? that he did not play is just like my father. Uh, my, my father, had, my family, had 12 kids seven brothers on my dad had to do look at us and we knew not to do. Do you understand? So if they could go back and have principles like Mr. Otto Friday, oh, it would be an awesome job. And let me say that I think about the school system when I came up, you know, I, like I say a lot of teachers back then they were real teachers. I can remember teaching back in the sixty seventh grade, what they taught. And like I say, I, I I just pray that the school system is is I think to um they're speaking right here they're speaking you've been with Arnold you've been so good Miss Arnold Ms. You've been so good. Ms. Foreman. you've been so good exceptionally we doing your job and I thank you when everybody's saying that they counsel things out you counsel things in I want to thank you for that
1: Thank you very much. And uh, Dr. Friday was also uh, my principal. And yes, he did yes. get on top of the buildings. And yes, yes. he did send the assistant principal rolling in his little blue Volkswagen to get him out of the graveyard. Yes. <laughs> so. so so, so we, we had the same experience uh, with him. Yes, yes. But, but let me, let me say, uh, one of the reasons I think principals are not doing all of that is because uh, their hands are tied in some degree uh, regarding the discipline issues. And we, um, as a community of people, have to continue to work uh, to, um, to change that. Um, they need the they need the range of being able to move students who have discipline problems out of the schools and making mm-hmm. sure that. of the students don't stop the education for the other 99%. Uh, And I I consistently say that, and I consistently believe that we have to make sure that the students who are not there to learn that we find an alternative uh, spot for them so that they can uh, continue their education, but that they don't disrupt the education of the other students. Thank you. And
3: let me say that Everything go, starts at home. It's not the school. It's, it starts at home. It's the parents. Be a parent that you need to be, because they want to make it like it's the school's responsibility, but no, it starts at home.
1: Right. I agree.
2: I totally agree. Thank
3: you so much. Thank you, and Thank God you bless so you. And you so much. And like I say, and like I say we, we need to get rid of trouble, charter schools, okay? Because you know what? I do pay taxes, and you have a great day. We're working
1: hard.
2: Hey, Amen, sister. we we working hard on that right there. Ms. Foreman, uh, you remember Old Crozier Tech? They used to be, what, an alternative school downtown? Was it uh, Crozier Tech? Oh uh, no, Crozier Tech was a. Or was it Booker T? It,
1: it was a business school. Booker T was never an alternative. What was
2: that alternative school? They used to have to go downtown. Or I'm
1: not familiar after with that after one. Pregnant
2: girls. That, that was back. Oh, in... Oh
1: yeah, well that's that was a little bit different. Right. For the pregnant girls. Right. That they had. The, but
2: they had. They kept them in school. They right, didn't just. Right. This is it. You done made a mistake and you out of here. So we need to keep those kind of programs going. Uh, who do we have next, Pierre? Uh, David is uh, on line two. David on line two. Good morning, David. How you do, sir? Doing great. How about yourself?
4: And to the councilwoman, i like to ask a question. Uh, I'm is not the city
1: councilwoman. I'm the school board.
4: Okay, Lord. I, I especially want to ask the school board. Okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <because, laughs> come on with it. Yeah,
4: okay, baby, because you, I don't ask the questions I don't know the answer to. All I right. just want to know do you. Now... Is the education that the federal government gives uh, education uh, is the indoctrination of how to be a good American with a black face and because of, uh, American is a, a white man, the person was John Hancock. So, is the education that we get? And I'm seventy-seven years old, and I, I graduated from a Negro-colored high school. But it's the education that we get, my grandchildren is getting. is an education or indoctrination on how to be a good American. when that indoctrination is for 15 years right now. See, they indoctrinated me at six years old. They take my grandchildren at three years old to make us good Americans. That when 1970 we became black African Americans. And stop being Negroes that was colored people. <laughs> so, I'm going to
1: ask you uh, to answer your own question. Oh, uh, no. No, no, no Listen, Listen to me. Listen to me. You, oh, no, you li- listen to you me, say,
3: please. Uh, List,
1: listen to me. Your yep. question is convoluted with a lot of things. So, I want you yeah. to answer your question. But let me let me say this before you answer your question. Um, because you, you, you said you know the answer so I'm going to allow you to answer but what I'm going to say to you is if we're being indoctrinated to be good black African Americans why are we falling so short? Uh, gee,
4: you you you're falling short because that ain't who you are. You, you first got to know who you are. Your education came from the ancient soul fight system, and uh, see, I done studied history. Everything that the white man done gave us, I got documentation on it. So the ancient sophite system, do you know
1: what the sophites were? Talk to me. I'm waiting on you to answer your question. My question, I want one
4: of you people with doctor's degree with a summa cum laude, magna cum laude, and cum laude either answer. I born and raised on a college campus. My mama was a college professor with three doctor's degrees for 40 years when they were
2: out in college. I've right. gone and raised on that college campus. All right, uh, 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 David, David, I'm up against a short break. Uh, and then when we get back, uh, all my callers, uh, all my listeners, 972-647-1893. And we're getting ready for our last segment. You can join us. 972-647-1893. Yo, what's up? It's- All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Steen, and I'm uh, co-hosting this morning with our school board trustee of District 6, Ms. Joyce Foreman. We're in our last segment. You can join us at 972-647-1893. And Reverend Barnett, you can join him, uh, Heavenly Joy Church, on Facebook, uh, Miriam Barnett, send you on Facebook tomorrow at nine thirty in the morning. All right, Miss Forman, us start off, putting all the goodies out there because we're running out of time.
1: Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited about being here. I thank Reverend Barnett for this opportunity to be able to uh, talk to the community about issues of concern. And certainly, I think today we've had uh, several issues that came up regarding education that I am um, uh, continuously looking at. And one of them is, of course, our the gap between our African-American students and other students in terms of reading and math, uh, trying to ensure that we have the proper education. Um, educational facilities for our students, along with uh, making sure that our tenured teachers, uh, in fact, are, are paid adequately uh, as we go through this process, and, and seeking um, multi-year contracts for our, our teachers. Uh, as most of the listeners know, we have a new superintendent in the district, and so we're trying to work through her and with her Uh, to make sure that some of these things uh, take place. Uh, I am extremely concerned about the homeless uh, facility that's been proposed uh, on Hampton, which is close to two schools, two senior facilities, uh, a library, and a park.
2: Right. And D.I.S.D. also uh, helped with the homeless children. We got homeless children oh, in D.I.S.D. Absolutely. and oh, we spend absolutely. a lot of money and a lot of time to get these kids the proper education we, and get everybody a fair chance in life. Edu- education gives you a step forward in absolutely, life. If you can't, absolutely. Education is information and when you are not informed, I think the Bible says we are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. Uh, and, yes. Right. And we have to have the knowledge and we just got to stay focused, you know. And that's uh,
1: that's my deal is is that um, we we need to be focused on the things that we can positively change uh, regarding public education and I spent one afternoon from about 4 o'clock to 7 p.m. trying to get a homeless student at Kimball a place to, to stay because I was not going to leave there uh, until we had this homeless student right. a place to stay and thanks to uh, Councilman Tanell Atkins who I did call because the principal was at Wits End but we were able to uh, actually find a place to put the homeless students so we do work with homeless right. students. Uh, we have After Aid to Educate which is in South Dallas where it's a drop-in center for our homeless students uh, and they are moving toward being able to house some of our, our homeless kids. We have washers and dryers that, to make sure that uh, students uh, have clothes that they can wear. We have uh, clothes closets for our students. We have food pantries. Uh, we're doing everything we can on our part to try to address the homeless issue because um, those children are. Coming to school, and we have to do what we can. Right,
2: we got to make sure they get three hot meals. Yes. And a lot of people don't understand, they just think that, yo, you know, you just got an administrative job, but you got boots (laughs) on the ground and uh, you got a lot going on. Miss Arnold has a lot going on. Yes, uh, she does. uh, Miss Arnold, if I'm not mistaken, is that we talk about history, she's the first uh, black woman ever to be a. Male pro temp in in the city of Dallas, that and you is know, correct. We, we sometimes we just overlook that and just move on. And uh, and I give you and Miss on credit. Y'all take a lot of flack, and people sometimes don't dis, I mean, don't respect you as they should. Uh, you no, know, give you the prompts that that you deserve. But you are always out there working and trying to make it happen. And uh, the people, I appreciate it. I love what y'all do for the community. Uh. Uh, you go to community meetings and, uh, you know, fight for the community. It's not just uh, a seat yep. at the horse. You a uh, seat on the board. It's uh, a voice in the community that we so need.
1: Well, it's, it's not about me. It's about what can I do to make a difference. And I think Ms. Arnold uses that same premise. As you know, she's a former teacher. And so I have to lean on her for some of the her expertise, and she leans on me for some of my es- expertise as a organizer and a civil rights fighter. So we we work together to try to ensure that our students get what they need, and the city of Dallas get what it needs. Um, of course, our boundaries cross over each other, right. so uh, we, we must work together to make sure that things, things happen, and while the recognition is not always there, that's not what I'm there for, right. and so um, while the disrespect is, certainly has been there, um, that doesn't deter me, because I, I think when you're doing God's work, it doesn't matter about that.
2: Right. Well, I, I, and I appreciate that because I've been knowing you and Miss Ona for a little while now. And, uh, you know, when something happens, great, your name don't come up. Right. But when a disaster come up, your name is on the front <laughs> page of the paper. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, I fight the morning news a lot.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I was a... Uh, uh, Miss Arnold, she 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 goes through and now she like I said, she was the only one on the council that voted against this uh homeless shelter up there on Hampton. And they don't recognize that. But now they study throw it up on her about being the only one that voted against I think she was the only one that voted the against park. the deck park and and now they trying to act like she's on board, and she said, "No, nah, what it is, I'm making sure that historical Tenth Street and Eighth Street
1: don't get her Get,
2: their- uh, right representation out of this deal because, you know, we we all know that there is just a, a bridge to gentrification right there. they You know, the people in 8th Street and in historical 10th Street, they know, they already feel the pressure of what's coming, just like West Dallas over there when they built the Margaret Hunt Hill Bridge and everybody, oh, this is beautiful. Now they're forcing the people out. You know, they're building all these big, nice, Three hundred, five hundred thousand dollar houses, and if your house is uh, a little eighty thousand dollar house, they're gonna high tax you. They're gonna put code on you. They're gonna make you do so many upgrades that you would have did in the first place if you could afford it. Right. And we are creating a homeless situation. Uh, years ago in Dallas, uh, there was a uh, Dallas was gonna Mike Rollins was the mayor, and they wanted to go in and get these people. Over there in East Dallas, uh, they said their houses were not worth for twenty thousand dollars. wasn't worth that. It was worth eighteen, and we gonna give you twenty thousand dollars for it, and you got to move on. But okay, what are you gonna buy another house in Dallas for twenty thousand dollars? So we got to understand what's going on against us, and uh, Mister uh. Keep on calling you, Miss Arnold. I, I got know you. are
1: missing her? I'm missing Miss
2: Arnold, and I, I'm gonna have to have a talk with her. I
1: know, and
2: we will, because Miss Arnold, she does a great job, and yes, she's a she community does. activist, and uh, she does a lot. And uh, election coming up in May, and. uh going to be some changes made. Uh, Some people turning out, you know, can't run again, and uh, some new faces going to come. And uh, that's one thing we have to understand about bond money and projects. Even with in uh, D.I.S.D., when you got certain projects going, then you come in and you got another trustee, sometimes that kills that project. That's true. You know, they promised you're going to get a new this or a new school or we're going to add you a football field or we're going to add a library. Then the new trustee Come in, and now we ain't gonna do none of that. Mm -hmm. We just gonna, you know. So you have to have somebody who's involved and understand the the, uh, about the money that's spent. This, what is the budget of D I S D? Two billion. Two billion dollar budget, and that's
1: one point eight million. So it's two billion a year. A year.
2: A year. Two billion a year, and we have to fight, claw, scratch, and everything just to get our little portion of that money to get our schools. And uh, a lot of our schools, we're, we're not getting that many new schools. Uh, we're getting uh, a lot of uh, uh, makeovers and stuff. But we take what we can get because we haven't been getting anything now. Uh, I don't want to call it that well, but uh, the new Bradford School, it's going to be... Bedford. Bedford. I said Bradford. The new Bedford School it's is going to be brand new. Brand new. And what we're going to do with our eternal, our Not our Turner, uh Adele Turner.
1: Uh, Adele Turner will will get a lot of upgrading.
2: A lot of upgrades. And they, they
1: they will get a lot of upgrades. And
2: those schools basically sit on the
1: same same plot.
2: Right. I almost look like the same campus. I don't mm-hmm. even think it's the fence that divides them. Yeah, I Who think them? it is, oh, yeah. but
1: but they they basically on the same right same plot. And Adele Turner will get um You know, the the new security entrance, uh, windows change, some additional upgrades um, to that particular facility. What
2: about Halsey?
1: Well, Halsey is uh, on my list of, uh, they've got some small upgrades coming, but I'm pushing for a new school at Halsey. A new school? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know how I'm going to get it done, but... Uh, I didn't know how I was going to get fifty-six million for Carter either.
2: When you say a new school, you mean like like they're going to do Agwell, new, Yes. a brand new school. Um, that would be am a wonderful for right a there.
1: Brand new school because Halsey, um, unfortunately, it was built at a time when there were no windows. Right, uh, and there's some some good aspects of Halsey, but I just don't like the idea of no windows. Right, and it's a
2: perfect spot for a new school because you're right there. You know by the stadium and right. by the yo and right. everything is right there, so a new school would be
1: that's perfect my, right
2: there that's this. why the people over there at uh, North Dallas is upset with y'all about that uh, Thomas Jefferson because they want all the brand new the high tech over there in North Dallas so we're gonna get it over here with us well
1: we we're not gonna allow them <laughs> we're not gonna allow them to just uh, work on schools in North Dallas right. that is not going to happen on my watch right. uh, they deserve their, their share but we deserve ours, we deserve, ours
2: also and we're going to fight we gonna until fight. we get our share yes So, alright we we're almost getting close to time do we have a caller? Yes. Uh, we have a learner on uh, line 1 learner I'm not going to try that good morning how you doing? alright how, how, how you doing? how you pronounce your name? Yeah, Leonard Jackson. Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. Oh, good morning, Leonard. Come on. Uh, what's on yeah, your mind? Leonard Jackson. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to see
4: what they gonna do, what they're gonna do and what's gonna uh see, car, see car I mean Mac
1: Middle School West Dallas. Okay, I'm um, not the trustee for that area, so I don't know, but what I would suggest is that you get in touch with trustee Maxie Johnson uh that might be in his area and ask him what kind of work they're gonna do over over there and you can you can always call a DISD at uh nine seven two nine two five thirty seven hundred that's nine seven two nine two five thirty seven hundred and ask for a trustee maxi johnson and he should be able to tell you okay. Nine seven two nine two five thirty seven hundred. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Y'all keep up the good work. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And while right, we, I have blessed you. you. too.
2: And while we talking about Trustee Maxie Johnson, let's talk about the Golden bros Y'all get in and let's get in behind those let's, Golden barrels and see can we get see can we get two in a row. You know, uh, I, I was uh, I attended South Oak Cliff High School until we. Uh, coming to the redistrict, and then they took a lot of kids out of South Oak Cliff and sent us to Carter. So that was back in the day when all this integration and reconstruction or whatever they want to call it was going on. Well, Miss Foreman, I'm going to let you wrap it up. we got a uh, couple more minutes. I'm going to let you give the benediction.
1: <laughs> well, uh, thank you. It's, it's uh been absolutely exciting to be here uh, and to uh, be able to answer or try to answer some of the questions uh, that the community asked. Know that public education is under attack and that those in the community uh, need to join us, trustees that are fighting to try to make sure that we get it right. Uh, We need you. We need you at the board meetings. We need you calling. We need you speaking out regarding public education. And that does not mean that you have to have a child in the school system. Because these are your tax dollars and you need to make sure that they are working for all of us. All right.
2: Now just uh, and don't forget about Christmas in the park, uh Peace Park. I think what was it was the December the third.
1: December the third, three
2: to three, seven. Three to seven, Miss Arnold's having Christmas in the park, uh, Santa Claus? Did he say something about a chocolate
1: machine or something?
2: I don't know, no, but something. I told him to have Santa Claus have ready Santa with my Claus in the park. And bring <laughs> your kids. And uh, you know, we older people we know it's no Santa Claus, but the kids don't know that. And let them enjoy until they come into the knowledge of what's going on. And uh, we thank y'all for being with us. And you can join uh, Reverend Barnett on Heavenly Joy Church. Uh, Tomorrow morning at 9.30, Miriam Barnett Sr. on Facebook. And we thank you all for listening, and it was a pleasure being with you. Have a great day, and we're moving out the way for the next program. God bless you, and stay safe.